0: The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Monday, 20th of April. The FujiCast. Hello, welcome to the FujiCast. Once weekly, now daily. While, while we're being asked to uh, socially distance, stay at home, or for some, self-isolate completely. It's a show about all our lives as picture makers. A show which does include Fujifilm stuff and questions, yes, but you can shoot whatever flavour of camera you like and whatever subject or genre takes your fancy, within reason. Um, whatever is in your camera bag, we're all part of the same breed. So uh, if you'd like to... We, we haven't mentioned this for... Um, for. Oh, hello, by the way, Kev. <laughs> Welcome to Monday. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd forgotten about me. <laughs> yeah. Where's it's Still here. <laughs> um, we haven't mentioned the, the email address, have we, really? Um, click at fujicast.co.uk. I can't remember the last time I mentioned it so if you're sending questions in um fantastic you've obviously been getting the address from the from the website which is fujicast.co.uk but there is an address the website the the email address is click at fujicast.co.uk it's a monday so we have the new daily photo challenge set by kev um, which you can enter via the fujicast facebook facebook group um also we'll have the answer well not so much the answers to last week but a couple of preferences from you kev aren't they really and hmm. and and then we'll. Um, of course, we've got the uh, the quiz answers to have as well from Friday, which you Ooh. did enormously well in. You should be very yeah. proud. Um, I wouldn't dare face them myself. But you seem <laughs> you seem to like the challenge. Uh, what did you do over the weekend? Stayed uh, in. Stayed in. Stayed in. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stayed in. Pretty uh, boring, really. <laughs> it's very different do you know when we used to start the the show with like two three minute monologue pieces about something that happened to us during the week <laughs> uh, it's a it's a tad harder to do that now isn't it i've got a load of work done though i have to say i've, I've redone my website i've um
1: redone my workshop website yeah. I've done the ministry of Sa- uh, ministry of Sh- ministry of shadows uh i'm getting through a lot of stuff none of it is kind of money making stuff but nice. it's you know all that kind of stuff that uh needs to be done and it's been on my to-do list for eons and eons and eons I'm, I'm being quite productive
0: well we're four weeks into this and i've just decided this is the week i'm doing exactly what you started doing two weeks ago so I'm, yeah i'm playing catch up i'm i'm there this week website for me this week website that's my focus Woo! website um today by the way we we talk uh, to adam gray who is we are sort of doing a, a few less interviews and pushing them towards the weekend (laughs) because I know the the uh, the episodes were becoming too long for some folk. But today, Adam Gray, who is amongst it in New York. Adam is a very strong photojournalist from the UK originally. He moved to the States, has photographed and filmed in in over two thirds of the States now. But but New York is where he's based. And he has been given the most extraordinary access to tell the story of COVID-19 as it's effectively all but closed the city that never sleeps. So we're going to be talking to, to Adam further on during the show. Shall we start with questions? Mm-hmm. Keith Martin. Hello again. Oh, hello, Keith. Firstly, thanks for all your hard work on the podcast. When things get back to some kind of normal, it's going to be strange not having you two around every single day. Uh, i got a 2 prong question for you. I work with a local boxing club. I take the shots for the website, the posters, and so on, shoot the bouts on fight nights. I've found this has been really helpful with noticing body language and posture, I bet. You've got to be quick as well, haven't you? Uh, And and being aware of when things are going to happen, anticipating rather than responding to the scene in front of you. Do either of you um, shoot anything that helps your wedding photography? Well, certainly now they like fight nights. (laughs) No. Um, What about you, Kev?
1: well street photography isn't it street photography is definitely it's exactly the same as my style of wedding photography just with total strangers in a totally strange place
0: yeah you Um, you often said that actually you feel like you when you're at a wedding you you effectively go into street photography mode you just happen to be just happen to be at a wedding Mm, it's exactly the same it's just exactly it's just you know you've got bigger fish to shoot in a bigger barrel but mm. other than that it's identical
1: can, can you, can no you,
0: difference can you anticipate though because I mean, things never pan out the way you you feel they're going to do, do they really well weddings are on the streets uh, on, on well both actually take take weddings first Oh, weddings are a lot easier,
1: aren't they? Because they flow. There's a certain flow to them. You know, you know roughly what's going to happen in which order. You know that you know you're you're constrained within the geography boundaries of the wedding itself. You also know that people expect you to be there to take pictures. Uh, so yeah, it's you know it's it's really the same. It's just people being people. That's it. It's there's nothing uh, nothing dramatic about it. And it's exactly the same. Well, my style of street photography, or this, I shouldn't say my style, but the style yeah. of street photography that I enjoy is Exactly the same, it's people, it's people being people, humanity, and interaction, and yeah. love, and hope, and hate, and worry, and kissing, and tears, and uh, everything else that goes with it. It's exactly the same things happen on the street
0: as they do at weddings. I bet you, while you've been looking back through, well, you've been working on your website, and I've got this week to come. Um, but I did do a photo film the other day, and I, I did notice, whilst I was making the photo film, I was thinking, they're hugging, oh my god, two meters apart, please. It's Mm -hmm. going to be really weird because you and I often talk about the hugging shots as being a staple diet of what we do. Mm. Um, But do you think that's going to change the way people feel at weddings for a while?
1: No, I don't, well, listen, I think that as soon as the regulations are changed to whatever they may be. So if let's just say the government say, right, you know, you, you can all go back out, but you must, you know, can't gather in more than groups of 10. And, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to kind of just be cautious of stuff. Then I honestly don't think we'll see many weddings at all for a long time. Um, and I, You know, and I believe that. But the, you know, if they say, you know what, we, you know, we've got this under control. It's, uh, It's not a particularly pleasant thing, but it's going to come and go away again. And all that kind of stuff. You know, we've we've stopped the um, you know the, over, the overrunning of the NHS, and uh, you know it, it's out there, but it's it's not as uh, virulent as it was. I should you know in terms of the amount of people it's get in, and you can go about your business as you used to. Then then things will happen again. But I suspect it's going to be a long long drawn out thing. I was speaking to somebody um, who's uh, pretty pretty high up in the um, kind of sports world, um, rugby world. Uh, and he was saying that you know they 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 have no idea, but they're planning. On, they're working on the assumption that for the next eighteen months, there's going to be issues with having large, having crowds of any yeah, size together.
0: Well, yeah. mind you, when you talk about some, when you're talking to somebody that high up in rugby, you're not talking to somebody who's who's got a Sunday league rugby club where only five or six people turn up to watch it. We're talking about crowds that are in really close proximity. And I don't think you can compare that maybe to the the catering industry and the wedding industry and 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 things like that, where they can actually have a degree of separation. Yeah, but will people want to get married that way? That's what I mean. Who's going to want to get married um, when every, nobody's
1: allowed to hug or stand next to each other? Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? It's, it's pretty brutal. But if you know, if if for the next two years weddings are going to be without any kind of interaction like that, then that will be it. You know, for it's, me at yeah. least, I, I I will lose. Although you'll
0: you'll still be telling a story, it would be an entirely different kind of story. If you were on the street taking... Observing the d- the difference over the next eighteen months to two years, which, which would be ex- extraordinarily
1: di- different. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I you know what? It's a wedding, isn't it? So at a wedding, what what happens? People get married at the front of the church. Yep. They come out to the church. Yep. They they hug, and then people stand around and they drink, and then they dance in close p- close proximity. True. Remove those three elements, and you've all you've got is people yeah. standing two feet away yeah. from each other. Uh, you the, know the drinking pre- tea bit really. Pre- yeah. Pretty bored. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, of course, I hope that doesn't happen. And yeah. um, you know, uh, I really hope it doesn't happen and the, the, the chances are it probably won't happen. But yeah. but if it does happen, then that will absolutely have an impact on the way that I uh,
0: I will think about what I'm doing. I was watching Stephen Fry the other day. He he shot a, a video uh, and it was on the BBC website. I think it was on the BBC website. Um, I think is relevant because he was saying, look, it's too much, I think, and it could and it might and it may. Uh, he said if you want to reduce your anxiety and your stress about the whole thing, um, you can't work with any of those words. You just have to work with what's in front of you at the, at the given time. <laughs> Having said that, <laughs> I, I hope <laughs> – I'm going to use a word I, – yep. I, I hope that we do see – and, and there are some they're great, there's talk about vaccines um, every single day now.
1: Yeah, but also there's talk like this morning on the, um uh, oh, uh, not spoil it um, for me now. <laughs> the, the Marshall, um, what's his name? Oh, Mar- Andrew Marr, uh, Mar- Andrew Marr. Andrew Marr, so yeah. one of the chief medical people yeah. was saying, that, um, yeah, they're, they're very hopeful for a vaccine, but yeah. there's no guarantee. It's um, nope. no guarantee. Bearing in mind, there is no vaccine for any other coronavirus that gets into humans in uh, existence. There's not a vaccine for the common cold. Um, and that's a coronavirus. There's no vaccine. There's only four of them, apparently, and they're all common colds and they haven't done a vaccine for them, not because they can't but because they're so virulent yes. but not very dangerous yes. they just haven't invested the time I and effort th- into it
0: I don't think the appetite has ever been as strong as it would be, well no it's never in fact you, there, there's something you can confidently say the appetite has never ever been as strong to create something to fight this as it has been now or as it is now.
1: Going back to uh, what you said about um, thingamajiggy off QI yeah. um, <laughs> Stephen Fry uh, Stephen Fry yeah, he. <laughs> right. you know you, he's absolutely right about this, there's too much what if, when, how, Ooh. who, but you can't blame anybody you know I, i'm 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 fed up of um mostly the opposition parties in the uk saying you need to tell us what the exit plan is for for um uh, you know uh, lockdown and i'm like you know what if they knew they would probably they would tell you. Yeah, yeah. that's the fact of it. And by the Nobody's way, but, but, doing but, this on purpose. And Nobody's before,
0: enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, it doesn't matter. Before you start saying, "Oh, what political party are you, Kev?" It's not about that, is it? I don't. You know, whatever political it's, party you, you you fall behind, and whoever would be in power, it, the opposition know as as much as those in power. I would say it, it's absolute. It's common
1: sense. Yeah, you yeah. know, you, you're leaving it. You have to leave it up to the scientists. Yeah. Um, they're not nobody is doing this for. Uh, you know, to because they love the uh, power trip or yeah, anything no, like that. No, it's good God, no. you know they're not going to close down entire countries, and you know we're, we're going to see all
0: kinds of economic situations. They're not doing that for the fun of it. Anyway, um, Keith had sorry, Keith went off the right <laughs> tangent in there. Uh, part two to to the question on on the subject of fight nights. <laughs> have you ever shot a wedding that turned into a fight night? And and if yes, did you keep working? I've been at one as a guest, but I wish I'd had my camera with me. All power to you both, Keith Martin. <laughs> i have actually yes <laughs> um Go on. yeah i have you i don't think no. you No, i have i went to a um and this is gonna sound terribly clear no i'm not gonna say what kind of wedding it was because it'll just be cliche there was a fight and uh i had a second photographer with me a chap i've worked with before called adam and uh he had a 70 to 200 mil on his canon camera and uh, he trained it. I mean, the, those, uh, the reason I mention the brand is because it's the, it's the obvious big white lens on the front of that camera. And he trained it on the guy who was steaming in, who happened to look left while, he, well, one, of his, while one of his fists was meeting the face of the other chap. And he saw Adam. <laughs> and <laughs> everything soars, stopped into slow motion. And this chap looked at us both. Uh, And he started making a way towards us. Uh, (laughs) I looked at Adam. Adam looked at me. uh, And fortunately, at that particular moment, the guy had just been um, decked, got up and decked the guy again. (laughs) So so he completely forgot about us. And we kind of snuck out the back door. Yeah.
1: I did do one him <laughs> once where um, it wasn't he, he, he wasn't um, uh, fighting or anything but he did every single time I tried to get a picture of him he, he, he would yeah. stare straight at me mm. and then he would belt out as loud as he could Jose Marino oh Jose. god, oh, yeah. oh, god. Uh, and follow it up with, uh, with the middle finger and All right. <laughs> so I didn't, didn't take at first it was a bit funny but then it was uh, less funny and by the end of the evening it's
0: really not very funny do you, do you find yourself actually <laughs> those people that say don't take pictures of me whether it's street or weddings or whatever become more, more of a challenge that they become infinitely more interesting to you the moment that they've they've drawn attention to themselves like that <laughs> I, for me that and that, that got me into trouble at, at a particular event where i was pinned against a wall by this frenchman who believed he was from the foreign legion i think we've talked about this before mm. who, who didn't like the fact i was photographing because i found him quite interesting But, Mm -hmm. yeah, they become a challenge, don't they? Um, Right. uh, One more question, then we'll do the, the quiz and the photo challenge. Brian Bishop, hi Neil, hi Kev uh, you asked the other day where you, where you listened to the show well you're a firm fixture in the shed at the bottom of my garden here in Petersfield a man must have his den I make scale model aircraft in my spare time and I'm a chef in my less than full time world so scale modelling it is at the moment then and actually uh, instead of a, a plane I'm working on a large balsa wood Titanic how appropriate you might say as a subject matter right now um i'll blame you both though for funnel number two being dropped on the floor when neil's family descended on the studio to use the studio convenience while you were recording real life goes on it seems anyway question a macro one these uh these hours spent modeling have convinced me to make some pictures of the final models and i'll need a good macro for the detail i'm still an xt2 user um so can you suggest that, that but you say say that as if it's not not a good thing it's fine it's a fine camera so can you suggest the best in the range for this or any third-party glass, or indeed those extension tubes if they work? Yeah, so the,
1: that's what I was going to say. The extension tubes, MCE something where there's three of them I think so make sure you get the right one which is suitable for mm, the lenses you need to check which lenses they're, they're connected to and they're, they're really very very good very very good yeah, a little are. bit difficult to use at first but but they are very very good in terms of details failing that um there's two macro lenses in the future film world I think there's a 90 mil f2 yep. uh no 80 mil sorry uh, yeah 80 mil f2 and then there's the the original 60 mil yeah. f2.4 oddly peculiar um and that that 60 mil two. 2.4 is probably one of the sharpest Fujifilm lenses ever. Yes. It is, is incredible. However, you will, when you start it, you start the focus process, you can go and get a cup of tea and then come back again. <laughs> it, it's very slow to focus. Have you, wondered um, where,
0: have you wondered where your one is, by the way? I was
1: looking for it the other day, actually. <laughs> well, not the other day, but before lockdown. You've got it, have you?
0: Yeah, it's in here, look. <laughs> you, le- you lent it to me. It's still oh, yeah. here. Sorry about that. I can't, it's very good. I can't actually good. reach you at the moment with it. <laughs> obviously but uh, it is a superb lens so that's that's definitely have one, you
1: got my 35 1.4 as well
0: no I, I, no you've asked me that before i do not have that one mm. <laughs> you must have lent that to somebody else
1: the daily show photo challenge
0: right daily show photo challenge first of all let's uh, let's whip back through um uh, the last week um it's it's almost become do you know originally we were we were going to pull out a winner but we only thought we'd get about 20 or 30 a day but it's not turned into that at all, is it? Um, no, there has been about three hundred every day, and we have got five <laughs> days to get through. So we no longer can really pull out a definitive winner, but we can pull out a couple of Kev's faves. I thought that might be the best way to do it. So, yeah, or, or what we could do, perhaps yeah. and this is a off-the-cuff um, editorial meeting here. All right, okay. Perhaps, perhaps
1: we can do just last Monday's one today. Yeah. Last Tuesday's one tomorrow.
0: Last you, Wednesday's one Wednesday. I, do you know that's a much better idea? Should we do it that way? Yeah. OK, production meeting closed. Taking minutes. Good. Have we decided? Yeah, all here in favour of Kev's. <laughs> yep. Everybody says fine. Well done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm glad about that. Uh, so, last Monday was the 13th of April, I think. Yes. Possibly. And the theme was um, a portrait of somebody you are in lockdown with.
0: Yeah.
1: And we had exactly 200 <laughs> pictures. What, what you will that. all have probably gathered, those of you that are, are regularly listening to this, is that I am trying, and without kind of putting any real rules in place, yes. I am trying to encourage people to shoot on the day. Yes, yeah, we, yes, we. Um, are. There's no, there's no real rules though. So, because it's only for fun, right? It's only for fun. There's yeah. no, uh, there's no, no monetary no value pleasant, involved. No, no. Other competitions exist. Please do not dial after <laughs> nine o'clock tonight because your call may not be counted, but you may still be charged. Um, <laughs> so, just glancing through these 200 pictures, a lot of which were taken on the day last yeah. uh, last Monday, of course. Yeah. There's some beautiful ones. Murray, of course, Murray McMillan, because he's got his GFX 50R. Yeah. Um, he takes some beautiful he portraits does. of his daughter. He does. Um, yeah, he did. yeah, beautiful black and whites. Um, we've got Jonathan Clapton as well, who I photographed his wedding and he's got a little baby now. Oh. Um, and there's plenty of cats along which obviously absolutely i one of my my very first ever pet was a cat and i loved that little thing tiddles he was called <laughs> he was not
0: yeah tiddles. Oh, <laughs> uh, and do you know how he died well he didn't die oh no don't he, tell us sad stories isn't no, it in disney film the cats never die the dogs and the cats never die he didn't – well, I don't know. He might still be alive, although he'd be about 55 years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, he uh,
1: – he. Uh, we, we went on holiday, and so my auntie Doris used right. to come and, and collect the cat and take him – take it, when we were on holiday and go on the bus back up back to the other part. No, that was We'd auntie
0: be, Nancy, wasn't
1: it? No, auntie Doris this was. This right. was that, that's auntie Nancy's stepsister. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> – so she used to, because, uh, you know, we didn't have cars or anything in those yeah. days, um, so she'd come in with a little sports bag and put the cat in a sports bag oh, no. and take it back on the bus. Oh, and that was fine. Little right. head popping out going meow, meow, yeah. meow. Um, anyway, the, um, at one point on the bus, I think this is how the story goes, if I remember rightly, yeah. uh, as the doors opened, so did the zip.
0: Oh, no
1: meow <laughs> uh, never to be seen again tiddles oh, oh bless his the demise I love of Tiddles. yeah oh. yeah anyway so now you just uh, got to get the dog yeah i've got to get <laughs> oh poor Git. yeah i got loads of other pictures absolutely hundreds going through lots of little portraits and um some really you know rather technically well done ones. some was one here from steve weller entitled my son leon yeah. and that looks like it could be a, a like a film set picture portrait um but I love the gritty black and white ones. There's mm. one from Chris O'Sullivan just called it The Wife. Nice gritty black and white she's sat there doing wifey things. Um <laughs> uh, like light, Lightning McBean his beautiful little daughter in her uh, ballerina dress. Yeah. I really like Steve Vaughan's one of Sam. Um she's knitting in in her bed with two spaniels. Right. Um and it's a really interesting picture actually because you've got this uh you've got the wall and and yeah. he, he shot it through a mirror so it's so a very right. good sp-
0: Split portrait, in, 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 uh, interesting sort of uh, view into people's lives as well. By the by, the sound of it, that one. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is, oh, it, that was very, very candid. Well, um, well,
0: what we should do it, then uh, is we should probably get these pictures. You, I think you suggested it last week. Some of these pictures should really form the uh, the basis of a book or something afterwards, shouldn't they? <sighs>
1: Well, I did say last week that we we shouldn't let these rot. No, um, absolutely. However, what what I'm what oh, we, we're getting ahead of ourselves again. And, and you know we talked about having these episodes shorter, and now we're just going off on one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what I, what would be really cool is if we can keep them to you know to the day they're announced. Yes. And and they don't have to be. Uh, they can be shot on your iPhone. They can be shot on anything. It doesn't. Yeah. They, they don't have to be artistic. It's not a competition of art. It's a competition of nostalgia. Um, and you know I, I want well we want you to be taking pictures of for something to do more than anything yeah, yeah. it's not a uh, it's not a who's best um, and yeah we should uh, we should collate them and um do something even if that's just i don't know print them all out on instaxes and what well, i don't know hang them on a wall or something or i don't know stick for, them for on the, a first website, big, whatever. For,
0: the first big event we do when we get back into normality again all right well, set, set. bearing in mind we've already got 1200 pictures though oh, well maybe not then <laughs> what's the fortune in instax all right um, set one for today then kev come on Mond- okay. monday's photo challenge today yes so
1: again i'm encouraging you and am pigeonholing you into trying to do these things on yeah, the day yeah. um so today i would like to see mm-hmm. da, 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 what you're doing for entertainment how are you entertaining yourself or oh. your family oh. or those around you or your cats your dogs whatever if oh. you buy yourself what you do for entertainment uh, you know you might even ju- that could be a picture of what you're watching on the telly could be a picture of you cooking it could be a picture of you playing with the kids could be a ki- picture of the kids playing with you it could be a picture of whatever doesn't matter entertainment
0: we, used, we used to entertain ourselves with retail therapy on amazon <laughs> Uh, we've not, not been doing so much of that of, of late, no. uh, but yeah, entertainment very good one, like that. Yeah, so what are you doing for entertainment? So yes. that's Monday's challenge, right? Um, before we hear from Adam, then or go to Adam in New York, um, do you want to sort out these uh, the, the, the this Friday quiz? So from Friday, um, these were the quotes. Um, you just had to guess who it was uh, that said them. Uh, first one, photography for me is not looking, it's feeling. You, if you can't feel what you're looking at, then you're never going to get others to feel anything when they look at your mm. pictures. Now, you you stormed in with this one, didn't you, really? Yeah,
1: I said McCullen. Yes, you
0: <laughs> Taking pictures is like tiptoeing into the kitchen late at night and stealing Oreo cookies. You did a good bit of detective work on this one. You worked out cookies. It must be <laughs> American. <laughs> I yeah. thought you were very no. impressive
1: the thing is again i'm reminded that i didn't actually know the quote and it's only because you just said you did the detective work that reminded me about (laughs) it yeah so i I went american you said a woman i think you said she said uh cookies um and i and i think i I said that she must be famous because otherwise you wouldn't pick it absolutely plucked out of the air diana arbus you were right. Oh,
0: to, to, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go on. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> to me, photography is an art of observation. It's about finding something interesting in an ordinary place. I found it has little to do with the things you see and everything to do with the way that you see them. A mm. Humorist.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why, again, I'm trying to think back what I said. I think I said Elliot too, based on the fact that you said yeah, humorous. Yeah, you yeah. did, Elliot Irwin. Uh, there oh, are
0: all There are always two people in every picture the photographer and the viewer. Um,
1: uh, yeah, no, that one was Ansel Adams, yes, it wasn't
0: was, it? Yeah. And then I love the people I photograph. I mean, they're my friends. I've never met most of them, or I don't know them at all. Yet through my images, I live with them. Mm, you know, I. Love- I said Bailey. You did I say think. Bailey, uh, but it was uh, Bruce. Bruce Gildon was the answer, so you were wrong with Bailey. Oh, I'm so sorry. There was a bonus for he no ain't o- got any friends. <laughs> Bruce Gilden. What's he on
1: about?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he does uh, bonus for no other reason uh, that I couldn't leave this man out. Your first ten thousand photographs are your worst, and you got this right. You, you said who did you say? Uh, um, uh, Cartier-Bresson. Yes, you did. There we go. There we go. That wasn't bad, Kev. Oh, Lord, that was five out of six yes it was it was exceptionally good i thought go Mullins, go yeah. lungs, go <laughs> right it's changing the tone completely now um I, I i'd like to introduce you to just an incredible photographer called adam gray now it can't be easy being given an opportunity even though it is an extraordinary opportunity to cover the COVID-19 crisis in in New York in a city that uh, that just well it never usually goes to sleep but it's been a very very different city now for for a number of weeks and uh, so I had an opportunity to talk with the British photojournalist now living in New York Adam Gray First up Adam before we even talk about the the photography how are you how are you physically and, and mentally uh, because in a, in a city that that never sleeps and uh, All the accompanying cliches that really are true about that incredible place. I I can't imagine what it actually feels like on the streets at the moment.
2: Um, Holding up well. Um, Working a lot. Working all day, every day. I'm trying to take the weekends off, but a few times that kind of doesn't happen on certain days, just because, you know, nature of the news and suddenly getting access to something. You never really switch off with what's going on at the minute, but all good. Keeping well, adhering to what everybody else is adhering to, so I've been healthy, thankfully.
0: Are the streets literally as, as quiet as some of the pictures that I've seen coming out?
2: Yeah, totally. Especially, well, it depends where you go, but Manhattan itself is very, very quiet. Mm. I mean, if you go to the financial district, there's nobody. You know, so like, a friend, a colleague posted a picture yesterday, just a man wearing a mask in the middle of one of the kind of the office districts and he said he waited 30 minutes to see somebody wow which is crazy like the middle minutes. of manhattan
0: how did you end up in uh, in new york because if, if you look at your bio everything was moving along nicely on this side of the atlantic you got some cracking stories that you were covering and 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 then the move to new york
2: so yeah i was um Obviously, so I worked as a photojournalist in the UK for eight years maybe. And then out of the blue, um Sam of Sam Barcroft um rang me up and asked if I'd be interested in working as a DOP producer in the States, based in New York, covering all matter of like weird, wonderful, interesting characters. So it was kind of a complete out of the blue.
0: One one of those weird and wonderful characters, because I was watching some of the films that you that you shot as a DOP, you've got a stack of awards. But there's one, one film in particular that I was watching um, earlier on in, the, in your archive that caught my eye. You made it uh, in 2018. Uh, you probably know the one I'm going to talk about. It featured a, a New York firefighter who was, by, uh, by, the, by the title of this film, preparing for the end of the world. Now, I, I don't think we're quite at the doors of the apocalypse. Uh, the, I know there are plenty of conspiracy theorists out there but, there. but there's a point in the movie, nearly two minutes in, where you ask him what exactly he's preparing for. And one of the answers he gives is, well, I don't know, a pandemic. I mean, he even had, the the, you know, an end-of-the-world closet. What did did you think, when you met him, you must have been thinking, maybe this this guy's slightly over the top with some of these theories.
2: You know, actually, I wasn't that... um I didn't think he was kind of like that out there in a way. Like um, I thought he was actually quite sensible being a firefighter, being in New York, you know, like actually I've been watching it. Doomsday Preppers, like the old program. Yeah. It's like the extreme end, you know, like really extreme out in the sticks, you know, people with a lot of guns and um, with some slightly wacky theories, you know, like preparing for an EMP attack or something. Whereas this guy had lived through 9-11 and his whole – his whole experience was based on experience. He'd been at Ground Zero, mm. so everything he said made sense. To be honest, it actually seemed quite sensible. It and it was, was funny when you mentioned him because um, I was speaking to my old editor at Barcroft the other day, and I say, you know, that's who we should be getting in touch with now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See where he is because yeah. I, I, I want to know where he is and where his supplies are now. One of the big things I keep hearing is that you know during 9/11 or Sandy, everything kept running. You know, everything ran. The bars ran. The restaurants were full. Everything was still working. Mm. This time, everything's shut. Mm. You know, for the first time ever. Like you say, you know, the city that never sleeps. This is the first time ever. You know, it's never shut down during war, hurricanes, nine uh, eleven. So this really is the first time. Your
0: your access, Adam, has been complete, unnervingly. So as I look at your pictures, uh, are, are you surprised by just how much you've been able to record and how many pictures you've been able to make? Um,
2: I'm not sure if I say surprised because. I've always seen the access that the rest of the world has had, but definitely compared to like, my own experience of being in the UK, I'm used to being hamstrung at every corner. Like, we just don't see everything that happens in the UK, and it's for a variety of reasons, it's from the government or the police. I find it's hard to be facilitated, whereas here, access is total, almost Hospitals are a different thing, even though I have been lucky enough to go in and record in one, it's still quite difficult because of, obviously, uh, privacy laws and things. You have to be very careful the way you shoot. But because it's a public health crisis, the hospitals see a need to show their story. So kind of like exceptions are made and TV are allowed in and photographers are allowed in. I think people understand the job a lot more. People understand the need for the job. I mean, it's the First Amendment, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. It's written into the American Constitution. And I think it's that understanding that really helps. Like, they know you're there to do a job. Mm. I mean, like, as you say, I've, I've seen everything, you know, photographed. I mean, to be blunt, i photographed bodies being put into refrigerated morgues. And that's like a very sensitive situation, like, very, very sensitive. And people have come up to me and said, we understand you have a job to do.
0: What's it actually like in there? Because no, no, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've seen television pictures, but being amongst it is, is, is obviously a very different feeling. What, what, what's it been like when you, when you go into the hospital? What does it feel like?
2: Um, so the hospital I went into was Maimonides, which is in Brooklyn a little bit, it's probably like 40 minutes from where I am. It's a bit deeper into Brooklyn. Compared to some of the pictures I've seen, which have been really in amongst it, I've seen New York Times did something, and they were, you know, they were right on top of everything, kind of mm. right in there. I was in kind of like quite a calm ward, so they had maybe 20 patients, um, and they were all behind glass windows, kind of like a double-sealed door. So you go into like one room, and then you go into the room. So I was never in the room with the patients. So I was shooting through glass. Mm. And uh, it was probably five-ish doctors and nurses on the ward. But, you know, a lot of the patients are hooked up to the machines.
0: Take, take me through um, not not what kit you use, uh, but what you have to do with this kit every day when you're in these areas that can be contaminated. Are you having to wipe them down? and uh, Are you having to treat your job any differently? I would imagine you are. Um
2: yeah, definitely. Actually I don't think I've ever really cleaned my cameras before. <laughs> right. And not not I know that's probably quite a bad practice, but you know, I just you just don't think about it day to day. You know, you yeah. come home You, you know, normally you go D job, you come home and you put your cameras in the corner and put the batteries in charge. And now you come back and yeah, I have like electric wipes. Although the only ones I could find left are about this big and they're for cleaning wounds. <laughs> so I use like um isopropyl wipes clean all my gear and phone anything that's out and about i clean anything that my hands are touching really and when i'm out and about i don't really touch anything that isn't mine mm. if i touch a door or something i I use hand sanitizer but yeah you just have to be careful
0: are you, are you having to wear masks I, I would assume whenever you're around these places surely
2: yeah i mean i've worn a mask since day one pretty much yeah. not everybody did i think everybody is now
0: we, we've been talking on on the FujiCast about whether or not it's right for people to be making making images out on the street, or or just to leave it to those officially tasked, like 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 yourself. What, what's your take on it?
2: Uh, I mean, that's a trickier one. I'd say in normal situations, you know. Obviously, we should all be documenting everything. Mm. I mean, I guess the government advice pretty much everywhere is that only essential workers should be out. And from the things I've seen, I agree with that. Is the only way we're going to get past this.
0: Do you get to talk to any uh, any of the patients that are obviously not not hooked up on life support or anything, but do you get to talk to any of the patients in the hospital where you've been taking pictures?
2: No, not really. I mean, where I was, it was patients in kind of like the most severe circumstances, mm. I guess. Mm. i, I photographed patients who were on ECMO, but what it is is there's a machine pumping the blood around and taking the pressure off the heart and the lungs. So that's keeping people alive. Mm. So, so the heart and the lungs can relax the blood is pumped around outside the body so if you went and look at the pictures that i took you can see tubes you can see the nurses holding the tubes mm-hmm. you can see them in the pictures and that's the blood being pumped around outside the body so these are patients in you know very severe c- circumstances they're not talking
0: no when you go in to take uh, these sort of images what what are you what are you looking for adam as a as a storyteller as a story maker what, what 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 goes through your mind photographically
2: I think, I mean, I felt quite privileged to be able to do it because I said, even the access has been very rare, even to hospitals. There's been a handful of TV and a handful of photographers in New York, anyway, that I know of. Um, So you do kind of just just try and shoot everything that you see in the world quite quickly because access is quite. limited as well i'm probably in there for 20 minutes 30 minutes but just try to tell the story you know you shoot everything and from being you know when i was a dop when i've worked as a photojournalist you just try and show everything you show the whole scene you show the machines and sometimes you're working so in this circumstance you're working so quick you don't actually always know exactly what the story is whilst you're shooting because you know um but as you speak to the doctor and i was lucky I, I did i always shoot video as well so I interviewed a doctor whilst I was in there so through talking to the doctor I had an understanding of what was being done and once you've got an understanding of what has been done like the machine and what the patient's are uh, going through you know how to document it you know? you know you need to show the machinery outside the room and the other thing is obviously you're under restrictions you can't show a patient's face so a lot of the time you're just thinking quite technically like how can I portray everything that is happening in this room sensitively you know without giving away a way, patient's identity while still showing what the doctors are doing, which is quite a hard line yeah, because yeah. you, you need to be able to tell there's a person there. You need to be able to tell there's nurses working there, but you have to do it sensitively. Now, I also try to take time to do portraits for the doctors. Oh, do so you? I kind of pull them aside for, I mean, I'm talking very quick, rudimentary portrait, but I wanted to get each of them for a quick portrait because they're the people who are in there for 14 hours a day.
0: Yeah, sure. So that, big, that becomes part of the story as well. How has it changed your view yeah. of the work that you do and, and how you work?
2: I think for myself it's kind of given me a renewed sense of purpose I think I think especially after working in the UK where access is very difficult being able to come and show a story properly and um you know and people understand like your role you know in society or even in you know in your job you know I'm just trying to document history like as simple as that sounds that's you know I studied history at university and I studied photojournalism Vietnam war that was where my initial interest came from and I think now especially working here i finally felt that i'm able to do my job properly i don't want to sound too negative about the uk and working in the uk as a press photographer because you know it's brilliant Mm. i've got absolutely brilliant colleagues who are making incredible work but you know a lot of the pictures that i've looked at through my career have been abroad and i think the main reason is access
0: our thanks to adam gray for allowing us an insight into being a photojournalist on the streets of new york city at this time and as ever When you talk to photographers directly in his line of work, there's a a reasonably measured, modest response to what he's actually doing because when you look at his pictures, and we'll post links in the show notes, of course, The story is clearly one that takes great concentration and sensitivity. Uh, There are, of course, some images that are contextually important, so be aware of the subject material if you visit his work. And I recorded that interview in Vision 2, which is on my YouTube channel, which we'll share to the Fujicast channel equally. Links to that in the show notes today, too. You can see some of the pictures he talks of and a handful from his life as a British-based working photojournalist, too. And that's it for today. Um... Tomorrow, by the way, is No Tech Tuesday, Uh, kind of an invite to ask us whatever you want um and and what we mean by this is to get really quite personal if you want to wasn't that the concept oh yeah well anything wouldn't it it was anything ask us anything you want um, yeah i mean you usually do answer and ask anything you want anyway so this has to be ask anything you want with a kind of twist doesn't it yeah
1: so if you (laughs) want to ask me anything about neil i'll absolutely tell you the truth
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i didn't see that one coming uh so no tech tuesday you have to get your questions in today soon as you hear this, otherwise, boom, um, um, the the opportunity is gone. Um, So don't forget, you can get the questions in by emailing us at
1: click at fujicast.co.uk or there is a thread on the Facebook group but obviously we fully appreciate that not all of you use Facebook so their website click at futurecast.co.uk will get your questions to us.
0: And that's it then so main theme is from Blue Wednesday supporting music throughout the rest of the show from the incredible I O. we have been asked a number of times where we get the the themes that go underneath the interviews and stuff like that Um, uh, and it is for well we're big supporters of them Uh, they don't pay us to say it but for one modest subscription per year you can use themes on what Whatever projects you have such as slideshows, YouTube films, movies, slideshows for your third party clients even um i did i introduce it to you or did you introduce it to me i don't remember uh, we both used to use a different one which you yeah.
1: won't mention that yeah. changed their uh changed their goalposts a bit they so did, big time i think i think you started using artlist first i'm fairly sure of it yeah um well, i've used it ever since as well it's well, very good
0: artlist.io will have a link for you if you'd like to follow that link you'll be supporting us a little bit as well because it shows them that we love them which is never a bad thing in this day and age. Right, um, so uh, get ready for those questions tomorrow then, Kev. I'm I'm hoping for some doozers, as they say in Australia. Have you ever been Mm. to Australia? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click
2: at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our
1: wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.